Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to lesson. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 50, How to Stay Motivated. I cannot believe we are in episode 50. What in the world happened? How is that possible? 50 is like almost 52 and 52, there's 52 weeks in a year. What is going on? So I guess I started last summer and I started off with launching with four. So it makes sense, but it's still unbelievable. And you all have been the reason why we got to episode 50, because I am telling you right now, without your feedback, without your likes, without your shares, without your comments, without your reviews, I would have been like, mm, I'm going to exit stage left. You know, that, that gif of, is it gif or jif? I've heard both of Homer Simpson going into the bushes. That's exactly what I would have done if it wasn't for all of you. So this is really our podcast. It's not my podcast. I'm just the one, I'm just the vessel in all of this. And I say just, but it's a very big honor to help you because I know when I help you, I'm helping your kids. And I am a kid fanatic. You know, people are like kid, uh, they're dog obsessed. I'm kid obsessed. So thank you for thanking me and then being the gas to my car because every time I sit down, you should ask my producer. I probably him and ha for a good five to 10 to 15 minutes before I even get started. I'm like, Kim and Matt, you have to help me. I don't want to get started. This is so hard. My brain's telling me to stop. I have a cold. There's lawn people out there. My mom's on her way over. My kids need me. All those excuses come flying up and I just talk them through it. And then I use the five second rule and I'm like, five, four, three, two, one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode. And it literally, once I start, I can't stop. It's kind of like starting on a workout. Like once you press play or once you take those few first steps, it's the hardest, but once you get going, it's like, oh, this isn't so bad. So there's lots of mind drama and you will always have mind drama. Just know that the mind drama never goes away. So don't wait for that lucky day when the mind drama goes away. You just get used to having the mind drama in your car with you. And so I'm going to talk to you about something that has helped me help my clients and I want to help you because I literally go to sleep thinking about you all. I wake up thinking about you all. I spend my days thinking about you all. How can I help? How can I serve? How can I get this message out there to more moms, more people? Because I know the impact it can make in your four walls. And one of the biggest frustrations I have is working with people and we get the T-line cleaned up. So the thoughts are pretty clean. So their feelings are pretty motivated. And then we focus on the A-line. The A-line is where all the magic happens, but you can't get to a clean A-line unless your T-line's cleaned up. So I help people with the A-line, especially with like, let's say weight loss. I help, I love helping people lose weight because I know once you lose weight, it takes emotional pressure off your shoulders. It takes emotional weight out of your life. It's not really about the pounds on the scale because the scale never measures what we do in the gym or for a run or home workouts. 
But when you lose the physical weight, the emotional weight and the lightness that comes with it is magical. And everybody who's ever lost any weight knows that feeling. So why do people put it back on? Or why do people make choices that don't align with their goals? Why is there such a gap between where they are and where they want to be? Because I, like with weight loss, let's just say, I tell them what to eat. I give them food lists, meal plans, the workouts, accountability. They check in with every single day. Like I give them all the things and then the ones who do it get results. And then the ones who don't, don't get results. And so I give out the plan and the plan works if you work the plan. It's so simple and yet people don't do it. So it baffles me of why someone wants something and then doesn't go after and get it. And I have things in my life that I want and I'm baffled by my own wondering, why aren't you going after and getting it? Like, why are you getting in your own way? It's kind of like if you were telling me, I'm sitting in this chair and this chair isn't very comfortable and it's hurting me. It's causing me a lot of pain. This chair really hurts. And I said, well, why don't you just get up? You're like, but I'm in the chair and I'm sitting down. I'm like, but why don't you just stand up? And I do this in my own life too. And it seems like standing up is so difficult. It's kind of like that horse that's holding onto the plastic chair around its neck. And it's saying, I can't move. I can't move. And literally, we are the only person holding ourselves back. So this has baffled me for years upon years upon years. Or I'll get to the end of the parenting boot camp and I'll say, how did you like the free course or the podcast? How are you liking it? Oh, I just can't because I'm still yelling at my kids and I'm miserable or I'm miserable in my marriage. I'm like, what about this book? This book might help you. And they're like, and they're still miserable. Or their house is a pigsty with using their words. And I'm like, and so I give them a I give them a cleaning plan or they get a cleaning plan or they read and they don't implement. So why is there such a difference between what people want and what people do? And this has kept me up at night. And so I want to explain to you how your brain works, how my brain works, how Oprah's brain works, how the president's brain works, your parents' brain, your neighbor's brain your spouse's brain, every brain that you come into contact with, someone that you look up to, someone that you admire, a mentor, this is how their brain works too. So there is no difference because I don't want you to think that there's something wrong with you because what I see happen is that someone, somebody wants something, they don't do the thing, and then they blame it on themselves for having some crazy character assassination like, Oh, I'm just a procrastinator. Oh, I'm just a loser. I have no discipline. I'm such an IDIOT. I don't like that word, so I have to spell it. And so the person beats themselves up for not taking action. And I want to explain how your brain works. So your brain, I have said this probably for 50 episodes, your brain wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. That's the motivational triad. That's how every single stinking honking brain works. Let me repeat that. Seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. And so what happens is we always want to seek pleasure first. We don't want delayed gratification. I know about this because my husband, David, has actually nicknamed me IGK. What does that stand for? Instant gratification, Kelly. 
because we all have the microwave mentality of, I want results now. I want it to happen now. It didn't happen fast enough, so it must not be working. So I'm going to give up and quit. The hardest thing about my job is watching people quit on their dreams. And their dream could be building a business, stop yelling at their kids, having an organized house, to lose the weight, to start meditating. When I say dream, you could replace it with goal. I like the word dream because it seems like it's off in the distance, like it's unattainable, but it's really at everyone's fingertips, which is super empowering to know, but it's also super scary to the brain. The brain starts to spaz out. So I prepare for these podcasts for weeks, sometimes months upon end. And I have been working on this episode for months. So it might be a two-parter because this is the reason why you're not achieving your dreams. And when I say dreams, like I said, I mean goal. This is why you're not achieving that goal or that dream or that thing. And I know this because I experienced in this own, in my own life in the past and in the present. And I know tomorrow I will too. So that's why managing the mind is so incredibly powerful. Otherwise, your mind will manage you. And I love this quote because I was preparing for this and I was talking with my friend Shar, and we were brainstorming different things where people seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient. And then she posted this quote, which is literally what makes people change. It's by Tony Robbins, and I've been to two of his events, and they're incredible. And he says, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Oh, can we drop the mic? But if I drop the mic, it'll be too much feedback. That quote is legit why people get results and why some people don't get results. It has nothing to do with discipline, motivation. They were born with more go-getterness. They have they had a better parent. They had a better third grade teacher. A lot of times when we don't go after it with all that we have, then we blame it on the fact that, oh, I gave up the violin in third grade. So I guess I'm just a quitter. Yep. I'm just going to keep doing the same thing that I was doing in third grade. And then we blame a, a smaller version of ourselves or we blame our parents or we blame a teacher or a coach or someone outside of us because it's so much easier to point the finger at someone else or another experience than it is to look within. I am telling you, looking within is the hardest work you will ever do because the ego is waiting there with claws like a like a dragon, like a fire, like Puff the Magic Dragon blowing fire going, oh, no, 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 don't even mess with me. So going within is so hard. But you know what's harder is blaming all the people because all the people, they're always going to mess it up. All the humans, all the playbooks, all the agendas, all the manuals that you have for them, they'll always mess it up because they're not us and they're not supposed to do all the things the right way. That is called control and that doesn't work. If it worked, I'm all in. If it worked to control all the people, I'm all in, like literally sign me up, but it simply doesn't. And we give all our emotional power to someone else or another experience or someone outside of us or a three-year-old. I gave all my emotional power to a three-year-old. Guess how that turned out? 
That's why I was so stressed out. I was so focused on their side of the street and not my side of the street. I want to take an example of something simple and then kind of work up the chain of complexity. Because if the brain wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient, let's take something simple like laundry. If laundry isn't hard for you, insert the chore that's hard for you. I have conquered laundry. Laundry is in my back pocket now. It wasn't before. And I came to this realization when David, Lily, and Grady all had the flu. It was all tag teaming. So it was like day upon day after pay. This was back in the day. It's not the COVID. But I was doing so much laundry. I was doing sheets every day and the towels every day. And I think I've talked about this in the past. But if you missed the story, I remember having the, the eureka moment. Like, this laundry is never going anywhere. On top of the regular day-to-day laundry. Then they're throwing up on their clothes and... It was insane. I was doing like four loads a day because of all the sheets and the comforters and then the regular laundry. And I remember having this eureka moment going, this is never going away. So how do I want to show up with laundry? My relationship with laundry is just like a relationship with a friend or a spouse or a kid. If I want to yell at it and scream at it in my head, then laundry treating me nicely back is probably not going to work. So I remember having this epiphany like, wait a minute, laundry is never going anywhere. So what do I want to think about laundry? And that's when I started to have gratitude for the laundry because um, we have a washing machine, we have running water, we have children that we're folding clothes for. Now, this doesn't happen naturally. This happens with consciousness. It gets a little easier with time, but I'll have my old unconscious ways come in and I'll be like a pen click. And so what happens is with something like laundry or housework, for me, I don't like emptying the dishwasher. Sometimes making the bed is like, are you kidding me? It takes probably about two and a half minutes, but you would think it would take me about two and a half days the way that I have the mind drama. So just allow the mind drama and just kind of see like, oh, this is what Kelly's talking about because it always wants to seek pleasure and avoid pain. So what happens is it seeks pleasure first. So the pleasure of with the laundry, like rest, the brain always says like, let's just stop. Let's just chill. Let's do it later. Let's just relax. I want to avoid these unpleasant tasks because that that's the pleasure that we're going after. I just want to chill. I don't want to have to do all this work. Sometimes you might throw your husband or your spouse under the bus. Why doesn't he help more? Or you might play the victim card of like, why don't my kids help more? Why is it always me? The brain loves to feel sorry for itself. Just know that. It doesn't mean that you're a victim. It just means that your brain is doing the brain's job. The problem with seeking pleasure first is that the pain always comes later. The pain of an avalanche of laundry, the pain of the snowball effect of laundry, it doesn't go away because you put it off. It piles up. It gets wrinkly. It then seems like this huge tower and feels overwhelming. It's really messy when you take it all out of the dryer and you have it laying all over the house or if it's in overflowing in the hampers. It's like this little whisper like, I'm going to stress you out. I'm going to stress you out. And so flipping that and doing the painful thing first of doing the laundry, emptying the dishwasher, setting the timer, doing the laborious task, feeling like Cinderella, feeling our feelings. 
instead of putting it off, what happens after the pleasure comes second. So you can talk to your brain like a little kid and say, don't worry, the pleasure's coming later. And the pleasure of an organized house, a pleasure of inner peace or inner pride of folding it on time or washing it on time, whatever your pain point is, know that pain is always happening for you and it's never happening to you. Because when you make a promise to yourself and you keep that promise, you develop a sense of integrity and inner pride and inner trust and inner confidence that is beyond any resting on the couch. Now I'm all for resting on the couch. I'm just trying to have you flip it where the gratification, if you can tell your brain that it's coming and to delay it, then when you're laying on the couch, guess what you get to do? Relax on the couch. Instead of laying on the couch first and having, I need to be doing laundry, I should be doing this, I should be, and all that chatter, that is not very relaxing. And so a way to stay motivated through all of this is knowing that the pain comes first, then the pleasure comes second. Flip the script and your life will change forever because you'll realize that pain is just a vibration going through your body and it's not going to harm you. What will take you two minutes now will save you 20 minutes of stress later. Because if it went away, I'd be all in. It doesn't go away. So you're just delaying the inevitable. So this is a good brain hack to know that the gratification comes later and you don't have to have the microwave mentality. But your brain is designed to have the microwave mentality. It's wired to have an attention span of a flea. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It doesn't mean your parents screwed up. It doesn't mean you have a deficiency. Do not character assassinate yourself for being normal. So I love how tangible this is with weight loss because I always talk about hard versus harder. Yes, it's hard to eat clean and work out, but it's harder to be uncomfortable in your own skin and have no energy. Like Tony Robbins says, change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. And that's why people come to me so desperate for help because I'm like, I'm not doing this again, Kelly. And when it comes to weight loss, people are at the end of their rope. I'm not weighing 50 pounds heavier for one second more. Tell me what to do. Tell me what to say. Tell me what to eat. Tell me what to think. Tell me what to tell me what to do. I will do all the things. And they are so desperate for change because they flip the script and they know that working out and eating clean is hard. But being uncomfortable in your own skin and not having any energy is so much harder. And once you're able to flip that, then you tell the brain, pleasure is coming later. The pleasure of the euphoria that you have, the inner pride, the inner confidence, feeling comfortable in your own skin. Do you know you don't have to go around day to day feeling blah? Do you know that? You don't have to feel a lack of energy all day long, like a buzz of low energy. So the pain, whatever you're going through, your pain point, that is here to help you. I'm going to get into all the different examples of how it gets into your marriage and your house organization, which we touched on, how it gets into your inner peace, clearing your mind. So when we're talking about weight loss, the pain... The pleasure. Oh, we all know the pleasure. I mean, junk food is delicious. Let's just put it out there. Ice cream, Lay's potato chips, peanut butter on the spoon, 
sh- pizza? Should I go on? Sometimes I'm like, am I emotionally eating or I just think this food is incredible? It just tastes amazing. And a lot of times people numb out with food where they eat so fast and so ravenously that they don't have to feel their feelings for a couple hours or a couple minutes, or they're so full afterwards that they're in a food coma and they're like, oh, you ever seen babies when they're in the food coma? They're like, oh yeah, they don't have a care in the world. So a lot of people are numbing out with food and using food as a drug. So it's hard to take that drug away. Whether it tastes good or you're emotionally eating to numb out, very hard to give up that vice because that's pleasurable. If I told you, you know that stress and anxiety you're feeling right now about that big problem you're having, I can make it go away for a good sometimes 20 minutes, sometimes an hour, sometimes two hours because you're so in a food coma. Are you in? And 100% of people will say, yes, this is normal. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you don't have self-control. It just means that the pleasure pain principle is taking over. And the pleasure of eating junk food, whether it's numbing out or just tastes delicious, the pleasure of sleep. A lot of people don't have time to work out because they don't want to get up earlier. And so sleep is much more pleasurable than pressing play on a workout or going for a run. Are you kidding me? Or a gym? Are, are, are Like, is that up for debate? Sleep over gym? Which is it? The sleep wins every time when you have pleasure coming first. Stuffing your feelings like I talked about, like numbing out, like, yes, check out. Let me hit the mat. Let me hit the, let me hit, let me hit the tag team. I'm out. That hit of sugar, that's a real thing. If you've ever seen the movie Fed Up by Katie Couric, it's a documentary. It shows that sugar is seven to nine times more addictive than cocaine. This is a real thing. This is not you just, oh, I have a sweet tooth. This is a legitimate problem when the brain gets wired this way to always seek pleasure first. And then we get that hit of dopamine from the sugar, from the numbing out. This is amazing. I don't have to feel my feelings. So we're we're canceling out our feelings on the front end, but they come back on the back end even stronger. Believe you me, if this worked to numb out and eat the sugar and eat the junk and all that stuff, if it worked to make the feelings go away, I'm all in. Sign me up, buttercup. I'll be like Joey Yamagabi or whatever his name is that wins the hot dog contest. But what happens after the pain comes later of, you guessed it, not feeling comfortable in your own skin, having your clothes being too tight, feeling tired, feeling snappy. And then when you're snappy, guess what the kids are? They're snappy too. They're like freaking frack. They're a mirror to us all the time. Then you feel impatient. You might feel guilt, a resounding buzz of guilt, like I should be working out. I should be eating clean. I should be making good choices for my kids to see. I should have better foods in the house. I should, I should, I should. And then we should all over ourselves and we get nowhere. We're just spinning and confusion and overwhelm. Spinning and spinning and spinning. And that spinning is more exhausting than working out for 30 minutes. You have the pain that comes later of the negative inner voice. I'm not good enough. I have no discipline. What's wrong with me? This person's better. Look at them. And then the comparison, which is the thief of joy, that comes in. I need to be like that. And then we're very robotic because we're not managing our mind. 
You might feel like you're in a funk, like you've lost your mojo. I know when I was really out of shape, I felt like I was just sleepwalking through life and I was exhausted. Sleepwalking sounds very relaxing, but I was exhausted from all the sleepwalking. You might feel shame. You might feel an increased amount of stress. So many people tell me, I can't work out because I'm going through this really stressful event at, at work. I just need a minute. I'm like, this is the time to do it even more. This is when you go all in. And then guess what happens to the anxiety? Through the roof. And this was by Bill Phillips. And I've said this before in previous podcasts. I say it again and again. Not because I think you're DUMB, but because I want your brain to hear this. Your brain is working against you. Your brain is not on your side because it's doing its job. It's trying to keep you in the cave. It's trying to keep you from vulnerability. It's trying to do all the things, but it ends up kicking yourself in the you know what. So Bill Phillips says, food is the most widely abused anti-anxiety drug in America and exercise is the most potent yet underutilized antidepressant. So if you're having a lot of stress and anxiety or feel depressed, food and exercise are your number one pieces of medicine. This is proven, not in a court of law, in science. This is not Kelly just spouting off. Believe you me, I want pleasure all the time. I don't want to do the workouts. Every single time I go to do my run or my workout or my yoga, my brain starts doing the chatter. You don't need to do this. Don't worry about it. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do tomorrow is the greatest thief of all the dreams. Whatever your dream is, that statement right there, we'll do it tomorrow. It's just putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. So when you can flip the script and you can tell your brain like a kid, like a toddler that's holding a Sharpie marker, I love that analogy, or a toddler who has a knife or a toddler who's holding one of the... (laughs) one of those sparklers at 4th of July. Like, think about that. That's what your mind is without mind management. Nothing's gone wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. Nothing wrong with your parents. Nothing wrong with your upbringing. Not because you quit the violin in third grade. None of that has anything to do with any of it. It has everything to do with managing your mind. So what happens when we go to do the workout, the brain says, no. So you say, we're going to flip this script. We're going to have the pain now and the pleasure's coming later. It's going to be okay. So the pain of the workout, working out is hard, but that's how we get stronger. Breaks down the muscles, the muscles come back. Guess what? They're stronger, leaner, more toned. You have more energy. The pain of waking up early, if you have a day job where you have to work out before you go to work, that's very hard to get out of that warm, cozy bed. We just got a sleep number and I am oh, it is harder than ever to get out of that sleep number. So early wake-ups, that's very thats very painful. Choosing salad over the pizza. Actually feeling your feelings is hard work. That is painful. The brain is going to try to reject it at all times. Saying no to the pizza, saying no to the ice cream, saying no to the peanut butter on the spoon, saying no to the whatever your vice is. And I'm not saying you always have to say no, but I'm looking at patterns, not at events. So feeling your feelings, not a small feat. But once you're able to feel your feelings and not run from them and eat them and smoke them and numb them out with Netflix or Facebook or Instagram, once you don't have to numb that out, it's very hard to make time. So that's very painful. It's very painful to make time for a workout. 
It's very painful to exercise. I do not like exercising, but I do it anyway. Why do I do it anyway? Because I tell my brain the pleasure's coming. It's kind of like you can have your dessert, but you have to eat your vegetables, or you can go out to play at recess if you finish your classwork. And so when you're a kid, that made sense. That was the pain first, pleasure second. Now, as an adult, most adults want to choose pleasure first, me included. But I've flipped the script and I teach people how to flip the script where you choose the pain first, what your brain sees as pain, and then honor the brain. Don't be mad at your brain. Just be like, oh, brain, I see you're doing its job. I see you, primitive brain. I see you, monkey mind. I see you, ego. I see you, fear. The brain is very scared to step out of its comfort zone and honor that. Just be like, it's going to be okay. The pleasure's coming later. Don't worry. And what is the pleasure later? Oh my goodness. The list is endless. Having clarity, having energy, feeling comfortable in your own skin. Think about your body. Your body is like the house that you live in. A house that was given to you by God that was healthy, full, intact. For the most part, you might have some aches and pains. You have a willing and able body. And the way to say thank you for your willing and able body is to move it and treat it nicely. Not beat it up. Not work out because you're a bad person because you had pizza and pizza's bad. When we take the labels away from food that this food is good or bad, because what happens? You start to think the thought, I am what I eat. So I ate pizza. Pizza's bad. I am bad. It's kind of like when you're younger and you're eating your Halloween candy. I used to think all the time, if I ate nerds, then I was going to become a nerd. I'm not even joking. So we put these labels on food as a good list and a bad list. And then if we eat the good food, then we're a good girl, get a pat on the head. And then if we eat the bad foods, we're a bad person. None of it's true. Just like there's no wagon, there's no horse to fall off. It's not all black and white. Some people will be on a, they'll be doing a 21 day program with me. They'll get on day 11 and they oversleep and they have to get to work. So instead of having tomorrow, the next day be day 11, they throw the baby out with the bathwater. Oh my gosh, I messed up. I can't believe this. I'm such a loser. And then they give up completely. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's not that black and white. And I loved this analogy by one of my trainers, Autumn. She said, it's kind of like if you and your spouse have been married 15 years and you get in an argument and it's a blowout, like people are sleeping on the couch, you go to bed mad, like the whole thing. You don't wake up the next day and say, we need to go back to dating. You need to start courting me. We need to get engaged. We need to have another wedding. It doesn't work that way. You just pick up where you left off and keep going. You make up. You talk about it. You figure it out. Like what went wrong? What went right? Let's do more of the right. Let's do more of the wrong. You pivot. You adjust. It's constant adjustment. Just like being in the jump rope of your life. You just adjust. Doesn't mean you're bad. Doesn't mean you're a loser. Doesn't mean you don't have motivation. If you're waiting for motivation to come and sweep you up, it will never, ever, ever, ever happen. It comes after. The feeling of motivation that comes after a workout and the endorphins The euphoria, the pride, the lower stress, the inner pride, the like high-fiving yourself, the lower anxiety, the days I work out versus the days I don't, anxiety through the roof. The anxiety is still there on days that I work out. It's just a lower grade. The days that I don't, through the roof, night and day. You feel like you're in your groove. Your blood pressure gets lower. 
a lot of times when you have a lot of knee and back pain, it's because there's so much weight and on the knees and the joints and the back that when you start losing the weight, it's less pressure on those joints. So all of a sudden they start to feel better. You sleep better. You get sick less. Your self-esteem's through the roof. Your energy's through the roof. Your immunity is higher. I mean, I could go on and on. Your inner confidence, your inner integrity with yourself. And when your stress is lower and when you're calmer and you're happier, guess what happens with the kids? It's like magic. They mirror it back to you because you have more energy. You're doing cartwheels. You're like hanging out with the kids. Now, if you have an injury, 90, 80 to 90% of your results in the way that you feel in your skin comes from your food. Workout is important to get those that blood pumping and endorphins and all that stuff. But literally abs happen in the kitchen. If you want abs, if you want to feel comfortable in your own skin, if you don't even care about abs, you just want to feel more energy, look at the gas you're putting in your car. And that is so hard for people to get that the pain has to come first, then the pleasure comes second. Most people don't reach their goals because they're on the pleasure pain treadmill. I love this analogy by Patrick Reelman. I just listened to a call from him and he said, if you've ever been a kid and you've been on the escalator and you're trying to get up to the top and you're going up the escalator instead of down and you're trying to get to the top and it's going faster than you can keep up with, that's what happens when you're going after a goal. What happens when you're going after a goal, you feel like you're going against the grain and it's so difficult and you might have some health shamers out there like, oh, who do you think you are eating healthy? Oh, you're working out. Who do you think you are? Because once you step out of your comfort zone, that shakes the foundation of the comfort zones of those people around you. Doesn't mean they're bad. Doesn't mean they're evil. Doesn't mean they're cruel. It just means that you've rattled something within their brain. So I was helping someone with her weight loss and her husband was ordering pizza all of a sudden. He's not a bad husband. He was just, his comfort zone was rattled because she was starting to rattle her own. So just know that that's all coming and just like, oh, this is what Kelly was talking about. And just know that most people are on the pleasure pain circle on that crazy loop, but it's like going up the escalator and you're going against the grain, you're going against the grain, you're going against the grain. And then when one thing happens where you oversleep or you eat the ding dong or you eat the pizza, what happens is you just keep going up the escalator like, oh, I, I, I slipped. But what happens, most people, because of the brain, will just completely stop and then they go shooting down that escalator and then they're, you know, all beaten up and bruised at the bottom of the escalator and they're looking at the escalator going, there is no way I can tackle that again. I have been hurt so many times by that escalator. There is no stinking way that I'm going to go and put myself out there. It's kind of like if you've ever been cheated on or you know someone who's been cheated on, the next relationship they get in, totally gun shy because they are like, oh, I've been there with that vulnerability stuff in a relationship. This next guy, even though they haven't even met the next guy, he's going to be a cheater. I am not putting myself out there. No way. That's the same thing that your brain does to protect you from pain. It actually is very counterintuitive. But what happens if you eat the ding dong, have the pizza, miss the workout, whatever, you just keep going on the escalator. And then what happens is then there's another escalator and another escalator and you keep going And there is no all the way to the bottom because there is no black and white thinking. We've thrown that out, but the brain wants that. It wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. So this is how you hack your brain. You have to manage your mind or your mind will manage you. This is true today, tomorrow, and until you are 150. And I'm going to talk to you next week about more examples of the pain pleasure versus pleasure pain 
sequence and how when you flip it, your life becomes so much better. But you have to go through the river of misery and most people don't want to go through the river of misery. So they just keep going up the escalator. And I'm telling you that escalator ride of going up, then shot down, then going up, then shot down, then going up, then shot down. That is more exhausting, the up and down versus staying consistent in whatever goal or dream that you're going after. So happy 50th episode. I love you all. And thank you for helping me get to 50 because this is our podcast and I want to hear from you. So let me know what your thoughts about, about the pain pleasure dynamic. I love you guys. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.